Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, May the 12th. We are rolling right along into the off season, and this is gambling week. Uh, you can go check out a uh, you know, multiple divisional win total uh, pods in the feed. This will be the first one. We're going to talk the NFC East and AFC East, win totals and futures, things you might want to bet on. Highly recommend, too, that you know, even though this is gambling week or gambling week, you go back and check out uh, my pod with R.J. White, who will be joining me in a second, uh, on the awards from last week. If you listened to it and you took our actionable items and you rolled with them, then you've probably already got some good value because a bunch of the stuff that we told you to bet on, yeah, we moved the lines, baby. We did that. We did that last year too. I think we moved the Mitchell Trubisky line, which didn't work out well for us. But you know what? Eh, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. We definitely moved the Sam Darnold one. Make sure to download, subscribe, and rate and review. If you have a question about your team's off season and want us to talk about it, we will do that. Leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to check us out on Spotify. Uh, I've been listening to some podcasts on Spotify. And that, I like it. I like the app a lot. I like, I like all these podcast apps, but, uh, Spotify has been interesting to check that out and join our Facebook group. Go to facebook.com, search pick six podcast and you can join for an exclusive, uh, interactive experience that will probably be more interactive once we get closer to the season, uh, and out of quarantine. Okay. By the way, you're getting ready for, uh, you know, fantasy football, but you can't really get ready because it's kind of the off season, but if you need dynasty information, or if you just want to take a trip back into the Wayback Machine, uh, remember when you you won your league with Ladanian Tomlinson in 2006? I think he had like 26 rushing touchdowns. Or Randy Moss in 2007? Or were you the one who bought into Peyton Hillis after his big season and his Madden cover? All this week, the Fantasy Football Today podcast is becoming Fantasy Football Yesterday. They're looking back at the best and worst seasons of the last 20-plus years of fantasy football, the Mount Rushmore's in each position, the biggest breakouts of bust, and all the best memories from fantasy football since the late 90s. Relive it this week for five episodes of Fantasy Football Yesterday on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, available wherever you find Pick 6. Uh, I love the idea of uh, the halcyon days of fantasy football. Uh, R.J. White, I have to imagine uh, that you have played fantasy football for some time now. I played football, fantasy football since I was, I want to say 12, maybe 11. What? Yeah. Who's your, who's your first, who's, who's the first, who's the first star on your team? Uh, I think my first draft pick, if I remember right, was Carl Pickens. Wow. Wow. That's some, that's some old school nerdiness. I was, I was overseas. My dad was in the military. I was living in Belgium. I was in sixth grade, I believe. I was looking up box scores, you know, on the Stars and Stripes newspaper when they came in every, every Monday. I'd bring them to, uh, to school and I'd, I'd compute our, you know, the people that I tricked into being in this league with me because nobody was really that into it. (laughs) Um, so I was doing that on my own. I was keeping it all track in a notebook. I was a super nerd even back then. So. 
we did, I did that with my dad in baseball when I was a kid. Um, and we had like a league where we drafted a team and, you know, we would get like a, a sheet mailed to us, uh, telling us like where we, where we were in the standings, how our guys had done, et cetera. I didn't really get into fantasy football until like 98 or 99, eh, maybe, eh, maybe like 96. But the first, I remember I'm in a league now on CBS that I was in, uh, start in that we started in 99 at NC State, a bunch of my friends and I. It was on sportsline.com then. And I, I distinctly remember, I think, um, or maybe it was, uh, yeah, I guess the, I just remember the draft. Somebody took Kurt Warner first overall, and then Warner, you know, it didn't. Well, actually, I guess he had a good season. Who's somebody, who's somebody, else? somebody, some moron, uh, we'll rename nameless, took, uh, took Wayne Krebet fourth overall. He's still in the league somehow. Don't think he's ever won it. Um, that'll happen. It happens. You don't want to, you don't want to lose that guy. You got to keep that guy like locked in. You, you don't, you don't want to lose him. For sure. uh, anyway, let's get to, uh, we'll get back to Wayne Corbett and the Jets in the AFC East in a minute. First, we're going to do the NFC East win totals. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys first up because, you know, they're America's team. Uh, all these odds, of course, for our friends at William Hill, check out our podcast with Nick Bogdanovich, uh, director of trading at William Hill. That's in the feed as well. Um, over under. RJ, nine and a half wins for the Dallas Cowboys, the over minus 145, the under plus 125. Yeah, I would lean to the over. I think they're going to get to 10 wins, but I'm going to stay away of this bet because the juice is at minus 145. It can be tough adjusting to a new coaching scheme, particularly in this offseason where things are, are weirder than they usually are. But the numbers show they were really unlucky to only have eight wins. You know, they had eight wins. Their Pythagorean win total, which is computed based on points scored and against, was 10.9. So they played more like an 11-win team. Um, so you'd expect them to beat that eight, eight number this year. And so you don't have that much leeway if you're, if, if you try to take the under, if you think they're going to be at nine exactly. So if the juice were even, it'd be a stronger play for me, but I just can't pay the minus 145 here. I'm going to stay away. But if I had to pick one side, I'm leaning to the over here. I think they're a 10 win team. I, I, I agree. I agree with you completely. And I think this is an important part of the discussion about win totals, right? So like you can think the Cowboys are a 10 win team. And I do. I think that they're going to be a good football team and they could win 12 games. Uh, but you can also realize that if you're paying minus 140, so you got to lay $140 to win a hundred on the over nine and a half, that there's a margin for error here where you lose. So if it's, if it was over nine minus 140, like I'd be like, I, I'd be down for that because you're going to put, you know, you got to push window there if they go nine and seven. Um, or if it was like you say, even money at nine and a half, maybe you're down for that. They do open it. They open at the Rams and crowd shouldn't be a factor there, whether the fans in there or not. But Sean McVay has been excellent plus 60 point differential in three years, three and oh against the spread and straight up in week one games for McVay. Um, you know, then they had the Falcons at home in week two at the Seahawks in week three. Like if for some reason, they don't adjust to Mike McCarthy's complex scheme in an offseason that is going to be different than usual. And they stumble out of the gates and they go one and two or oh and three, which is not unreasonable. You know, they have tough games after the bye, after the bye, right? In week 10, they have, they're at the Ravens. They're at the Vikings. They have the Eagles one more time. They have the 49ers one more time. To me, there's just not enough room for error to, to have the over dropped into a best bets bucket here. Yeah, it's a lot of travel early on, and those teams you mentioned, they all have stability in the coaching ranks. You know, the Falcons bringing back Quinn, and then we know Rams and Seahawks haven't done anything with their the top of their thing. So those teams should be coming in. They don't have they have veteran quarterbacks, so they don't have to deal with too much uncertainty. While Dallas, 
you know, dealing with Dak. Will he sign long term? Will he not? Who knows if he's even still holding out? We we just don't know what's going to happen there. Um, and then yeah, having to adjust to McCarthy is just a weird off season. So you could definitely see him starting slow, but the team is just t- talented enough that I would lean to the over if we were getting better, better uh, juice there. But minus one forty five, I'm not paying that. Yeah, and um, the Cowboys are the favorite to maybe the play. Well, we can get this in a minute, but maybe the play with the Cowboys is the plus one ten to win the division. I don't, actually, I don't know if I like that that much. I, I I don't think I like. I think the Cowboys are. They got TD Lamb. Um, you know, they got Trayvon Diggs in the draft. They did a really good job in the draft. I think they've had a great off season. They made smart moves. Andy Dalton is a huge insurance backup plan. If for some reason something goes wrong, I just don't think. I think that they're. Because of they're the Dallas Cowboys, I don't know that, that twelve to one to win the Super Bowl or six to one to win the NFC, and plus, basically even money to win the division. I'm just not sure there's a ton of value there. Yeah, if you if the play is if you think McCarthy is a good coach, it's an improvement, and they actually have a a title you know ceiling, title team ceiling. You wait till it gets to ten, and then you take the over there. So you figure ten and six. Right. You push, you push it 10 and six, but you think you can then go 11, 12 wins and you're getting plus 105 or plus 100 or whatever. That's a good call. Lay in the minus 145. So if you can find tens out there at plus money, I would go ahead and play that because they seem to me like a team that you're either going to get a team with a very high ceiling or they're just another train wreck that, that is, isn't living up to expectations again. Uh, imagine if the Cowboys are a train wreck this year. It, Jerry Jones could get a little angry. I don't know if it's going to happen in that division, but. Jerry's getting angry. Um, by the way, RIP to the great Jerry Stiller. He, uh, uh passed on, uh, on Monday. His son, Ben Stiller, obviously announced, uh, incredible actor and, uh, sad to see him go. So just, I mean, that's a little non sequitur there, but Jerry Stiller was a freaking badass. Loved him. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles over under nine and a half wins as well. The over minus one of five under minus one fifteen. So you can see there that's sort of. Like that's the Eagles are plus one thirty five to win the division. You can kind of see the uh, that's baked in. Dallas is a, a favorite based on the juice. Your thoughts on the Philly Philly Eagles? Yeah, I would lean to the under here, even though this is the one team in the division with coaching stability. You know, it's going to take time for the new receivers to get up to speed. Schedule looks particularly brutal, even though it ranks in the middle of the pack, especially after their week nine bye. Um, 19th easiest is, is for Warren Sharp when he, uh, he calculates based on the Vegas win totals. So that comes with five games against the Giants, Redskins, and Cincinnati. And, you know, and then you get two tough stretches mixed in there. So I think you could chalk up wins in those easy games and the rest of them might be kind of tough. You know, they have a tough week, week four to six run. They're at San Fran, at Pittsburgh, and then against the Ravens. And then after the bye, it looks like the most trouble. Five road games and a seven-week stretch, starting with at Giants in Week 10, which is a winnable game. But then you go at Cleveland versus Seattle on Monday Night Football, who's going to be on a long break because they play Thursday night the week before. So that's not as big a deal for them. And then at Green Bay, home against the Saints, at Arizona, at Dallas. That's just such a tough stretch. So if they're going to stumble, that's going to be where it is. So you better hope they're banking wins early because once they get to that stretch, it's going to be hard for them to get to the over. Yeah, I tend to agree. And remember, like Doug Peterson, I think is three. I wrote this earlier. I think he's three and oh. Debo, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's maybe he's four and oh or three and one straight up in week one. Like he's a good week one coach, but they, uh, they came out last year and almost laid an egg against the Redskins. I mean, like they were down big against Washington and it took, uh, Carson Wentz chunking the ball to, uh, Deshaun Jackson. I think too, the other thing is like, you know, I mean, not to, yeah, say that Carson Wentz can't play 16 games. He obviously can, 
But like, you know, you, you have to assume a little bit of risk there without the bailout option of Nick Foles. Now you have Jalen Hurts. Uh, those final four games, Saints at Cardinals at Cowboys, Redskins, like you need Nick Foles there and you need to win two of those games if you want to hit this over, I would imagine. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, you know, I don't know that their, their quarterback situation is any worse than it was last year. What, you know, after they got rid of Nick Foles. So how dare um, you insult Nathan? <laughs> so uh, maybe that's factor, but yeah, I think it just comes down to, I wanted to like them as the over. I think I was leading to their over just because, because of the stability as opposed to the rest of the teams in the division. Then you look at the schedule and all these tough games and it just became hard to see them getting to 10 wins. Um, especially if we're not paying too much of a tax to go with the under here. Uh, Doug Peterson, by the way. Because I had looked it up because Debo didn't immediately provide me my information that I demanded. Uh, 4-0 in week one games. Two of those against Washington, for whatever that's worth. Uh, obviously, a different coaching staff in Washington. Um, I, I could just, like, it's not hard to see the Eagles at 4-4 four and four at best heading into the week nine bye. And that would be the concern, I think. It's like, then all of a sudden you have to find six wins on, you know, a, a stretch of, uh, what? Basic math. A stretch of you have to go six. You have to win six of eight games. Yeah. Well, even if let's say let's say they have six wins going into that stretch I mentioned, starting with at Cleveland, uh, you get their Washington at the back end, so that's seven. You know, but then at at Cleveland versus Seattle on Monday night, at Green Bay versus New Orleans, at Arizona, at Dallas. Proceed. Got to win three of those. It's just it's it's so many road games, so many tough teams. You know, I, they could do it because I think they're going to be a good team, but. I don't think you can just pencil them in to say, oh yeah, they'll beat most of those teams or they'll even go five, you know, 500 in that stretch. Uh, any thought to, uh, eight to one NFC winner or 17 to one Super Bowl winner, 135 division winner? I, I think the schedule thing gives me the, the heebie jeebies there. Yeah. I kind of don't mind if I'm going to bet on a futures. That's probably the team I'm going to take is the Eagles just in case they do reach that potential and when stays healthy. Um, fly, going a flyer on them on 17 to one. Uh, it seems like okay value since they have that coaching stability. So if you believe the unique off season is going to cause issues with some teams with new coaches, maybe they emerge from the division over Dallas with a strong enough record to be well positioned to make a playoff run over some of these other teams. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Um, okay. The New York football giants, surprise, surprise, no stability there for them. Joe judge in his first season has certainly impressed somebody. My name is judge. Um, it's an arrest development joke. Been watching a lot of arrest development in quarantine. Don't know about you guys, but, um, the, uh, the, the Giants, they head into this season with a win total of six and a half, sort of spiked up from last year, but the under juiced minus 120. The over is plus 100. So even money there. The Giants are 30 to one to win the NFC, 60 to one to win the Super Bowl and seven and a half to one. To win the NFC East, do you like the Giants over or under, RJ? Yeah, I'm going to go under here. I wanted to buy into them as a sleeper team. I think the talent on the roster is sneakily solid, especially on the offensive side. And then they made some solid defensive additions. I don't know that they can conquer the second hardest schedule in the league. They have two versus Washington, and they're at Cincy. And then their next easiest games, quote-unquote easiest, are at home against the Cardinals and Browns, two teams we think are going to improve from last year. And then at Chicago at Rams, which, which aren't, you know, easy places to go into and win. So I might have them one in three win those four matchups. And so where else are you getting your wins if, if that's the case? Um, so getting to play the third place team in the NFC South isn't even that big of a deal. Um, with one of their unique NFC games, cause that's Tampa Bay. So they <laughs> upgraded a big deal. You're not getting, that's how you get this schedule, even though the Giants were bad last year to be the second hardest schedule in the league with, with those teams I mentioned. The only other, you know, 
Arizona's projected under eight wins along with Washington and Cincinnati. Everyone else is projected above eight wins based on the Vegas win totals. Um, over under one and a half wins going into their week 11 by. Uh, let's see. I'd have to look I at guess you probably take the over by default, but geez, Louise, it's Steelers at Bears, 49ers at Rams, at Cowboys, Redskins at Eagles, Buccaneers at Redskins, Eagles. That is friggin' hard. Yeah, they'll get at least one. I mean, I, I think they could probably get to two wins, you know, there, but you would take the under on two and a half though. Yeah, I mean, weird things can happen, but I probably would. I mean, I'd, I'd have to dig into each one of these specific matches for these teams, but this might uh, be a, this might be a best bet. Yeah. It's like, you know, like I said, second hardest schedule that really factors in. And I don't want to be too strong on it. Cause I, like I said, I do like the talent and I think they've made some strides. So if the coaching is going to be a positive and this could be a sneaky, good team, it's just how are you going to beat this brutal schedule? Yeah, how, how do you get to seven and 10 or eight and eight with this schedule? I mean, again, like even like you go in the buy and you're like, all right, we got to, th- we got to th- like three and seven and you got to go at Bengals at Seahawks, which is, you know, not the, like, it's not, you know, you're not going to at Ravens at Saints, but I mean, it's not exactly easy. Then you got to actually have to go to at Ravens later. So yeah, very tough schedule for the Giants. I assume you don't like any value in their futures there. No, I kind of want like, because I did like the town on the, the roster, I kind of want to take a flyer on the, the division since it's such a long shot. But then I looked at the schedule and I like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm going to pass Maybe on that. Eight to one, like. I mean, it's not like, it's, it's not, you know, it's not that great. Like seven and a half to one. It's not that great a value. I don't think. Right. You're not getting, I think lions I got last year that I liked their value was like 12 to one or 11 to one. I mean, but we, but if you can get the giants around that level, then I don't mind taking a flyer. Anything above 10 to one on the giants. I don't think is insane to take. Yeah. Uh, Redskins over under five and a half wins. The Washington over plus one and five, the Washington under a minus one twenty five. Uh, it, I think I explained this, but like if you, you know, the juice is, if it's minus 125, you have to lay, you have to put deposit $125 and you risk 125 to win a hundred. Uh, and if it, on the under there, which means that Vegas, the people setting the lines in this case, William Hill believe that the under is slightly more likely to happen. What, uh, what do you think about the Redskins here? Right. They're projecting the Redskins are more like a 5.4 or 5.3 win team as opposed to 5.5. So slightly into the under on me. I actually do think six wins is attainable, attainable with their schedule. Uh, they have two versus the Giants, obviously. Uh, those probably be toss up games on each side. Then they're home against Cincy, home against Carolina at Detroit. Um, they could win a lot of those games if they're good, if they come together, you know, win those, beat the Rams on a cross country trip at home or steal one somewhere else. And you're hitting that over. Problem is the roster talent just isn't that good, particularly on offense. You have Terry McLaurin. And, uh, I don't know who else, you know, they Kelvin to Harmon, uh, thank you. To Antonio Kelvin Harmon, Andy Golden, Jeremy Sprinkle, like just you, name, name, name the, uh, the players that are going to score touchdown for Washington. The, you know, the fun fact about Jeremy Sprinkle, right? What's that? He was, uh, he was po- caught shoplifting from a Belk, a Belk's department store while at the Belk Bowl with Arkansas yeah. a few years ago. I remember that, yeah. Well, and, and he had already received a belt gift card as part of his, uh, part of his package, which is just gift, incredible. Gift cards don't go as, as long as they used to. Well, wait, so, wait, uh, Jeremy Sprinkle needs a bunch of khakis? Like he needs duckhead pants? Like what are we doing here? Don't shop for belts. What do you need? Like a crock pot? Shoplift <laughs> somewhere else. There's a bunch of, I mean, well, don't shoplift anywhere, but you know, you gotta shoplift. 
Shoplift somewhere else. Dash, dash, <laughs> Wilburnson. The pull quotes take away from this one. Uh, so it is a pretty tough schedule for Washington aside from those easy matchups I said. Um, does, does, uh, Carolina going six and 10 in Ron Rivera's first year in 2011 affect your decision making at all here? Absolutely not. But, uh, the fact that it is a new coach, I think they could be good on defense. They have some talent, especially in the front seven, but they might be switching the base defense and it's a new scheme and that usually takes time to get a little bit adjusted too. So, um, with the weird off season, we don't know how that's going to work. And so they better pack these uh, wins on early because starting on Thanksgiving, they play three straight on the road, four straight against teams with projected with at least nine wins. That's at Dallas, at Pittsburgh, at San Fran, then home against Seattle. So that stretch before that is you get Giants at home at Detroit, Cincy at home. So if Ooh. they go, if they play well in that stretch, you're like, oh, this team's really starting to come together. You know, beware of that. Don't start playing them and, and, and betting them because they have the toughest stretch of their schedule coming up after that. I, I do think there are, if you look at, so I think this is where the schedule gets decided because I think that they can, like, I don't think it's crazy to say that they can beat the Giants, Bengals, and Panthers at home after the bye. So that's three of your wins. Um you know, maybe, maybe you pick up a, maybe at Lions. I, I don't know. Like you get to four max, I think on the back half of that schedule. I think they, they almost have to win one of at Cardinals or at Browns. And even then, I'm just not even sure where that sixth win is coming from. You know what I mean? Like that's, they're going to have to steal one or two on the road here. Probably got to sweep the the Giants. So if one of these teams can sweep the other between the Giants and Redskins, maybe they hit their. That's over. how you get your over. That's right. Yeah. And so your bank. I mean, but the, again, like new coaches, Ron Rivera. We sort of know what he's going to do, but it's like I, I don't know that this Redskins roster is the has, like Ron Rivera's coaching style. I don't know that it's going to lend itself to this Redskins roster winning a bunch of like close games. You know what I mean, yeah. like like the Panthers. When they had Cam, could at least like come back and do some crazy stuff with Cam and, and all that. I just don't, I don't know that it, it happens with this team. And I just uh, don't know who, who on the offense is doing that for you. You know, Darius Geis, right. Darius Terry McLaurin catching, you know, two touchdowns a game when you can double cover him and not worry about the rest of the team. So right. I just don't know how, how, and then you, then you go to the offensive line, you know, they didn't have Trent Williams last year. They're, they're, now they have to, you know, replace him long term. They really didn't do that. Sure, if it's back for the one year, but you know, I, it's not, it's not a plus offensive line. Quarterback is a mystery going into his second year. And, and there's the scope. It could, dude, it could be Kyle Allen for 10 games. That would not be shocking at all. Yeah. So this offense could be the, the worst in the league, one of the bottom two or three. And it's not going to surprise many people. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, I think about this team and now you can overcome a little bit of this in terms of, um, being able to cover up for a secondary with your front seven. And they have Chase Young, they have Ryan Kerrigan, they have Montez Sweat, they have Jonathan Allen, they have Matt Ioannidis. Um, they have a bunch of, a bunch of talented guys up front, but man, I mean, like you could, you could pretty easily see that back end exposed and, and that, that can happen uh, fairly quickly. Okay. Let's, uh, all right. Uh, before we move on to a break, do you, um, any, any, any futures that you would splash down on the NFC East, whether it's, you know, division, Super Bowl, Super Bowl winner, MVP, rookie of the year, whatever it is. Yeah, I agree with the Cowboys being the favorite for the division, plus 110. Um, if I had to take someone, I'd probably go with them at those plus odds. I think their schedule is much easier to handle than that of the Eagles. So if McCarthy isn't a net negative, if the weird offseason isn't a net negative, uh, this team could be really good. You know, it'll all, it'll be, all be on them getting on the same page with the new staff in a hurry. If the Giants' schedule wasn't so tough, I'd say they're worth a flyer, but I'm not even messing with them at, at where they are. And then futures, like I said, if you want, if the Super Bowl or NFC, if you want to go Eagles, I'm okay with that. But, you know, 17 to one seems like about where it should be. 
uh, I kind of don't like the Cowboys at plus 12, you know, plus 1200. I would rather look at some other teams there. It's just neither one is particularly great value. I look if, if you, if you think Carson Wentz is going to play 16 games, then I don't mind the Eagles plus 135 to win the division or, um, the NFC or Super Bowl numbers for the Eagles. Like I think either one of those is fine. Um, I would, I would almost just rather play the NFC though, because I think what's, what do we say the NFC is? Is it's, eh, I'd play the Super Bowl, I guess, 17 to one. They'll be, they're going to be, I mean, probably dogs against whoever they play in the Super Bowl if they hypothetically get there. Yeah. I think that theoretically the Eagles have a better seed if their division is bad and their division, the situation where the division is bad is, is the coaching staff just doesn't have the time to get on the same page with players because there's three new coaches. So. Exactly. The situations where the Eagles are going to be a high seed and looking to make a run in the playoffs, um, are the situations where the COVID-19 pandemic is, is screwing with our offseason and teams just can't get on the same page. So I'd rather just go for the high, you know, thing there and go for the Super Bowl or the NFC than play them on division or their win total. Please, RJ, let's call it the Rona pandemic, like the scientific name, please. Um, just kidding. COVID-19 is the name. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, were the Patriots the best bet to win the AFC East? Or is there a new contender lurking? We'll tell you after the break. All right, so we start with the New England Patriots because that's where it starts with the AFC East. They're over under nine wins, the lowest over under. I don't know when the last time. Maybe, maybe the Patriots were down to nine. I don't know what it would have been. Uh, but the over is minus 105. The under is actually juiced have more heavily, minus 115. What are your thoughts on the Patriots, and does it just all revolve around Jared Siddle? Yeah, I'm going with the over here. I'd say they have a better shot at finishing with 10 wins than eight. I know, yeah, they lost Tom Brady, but he didn't look like, he looked like he was starting to slip last year anyway. He didn't look like the same Tom Brady. I think we can trust Bill Belichick's master plan here. I'm not going to go all in on Jared Stidham, but if Belichick thinks that he's, you know, he can win games with him, then who are we to doubt Belichick at this point? So they have a pretty tough schedule, tougher schedule than they usually have. A lot of that's tied into three brutal matchups at Kansas City versus San Francisco versus Baltimore. They also have to go at Seattle, at Rams. But if they dominate the division again, and, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, that they're going to fall off in the AFC East. They have a lot of winnable games. Noted you know, Bill, noted Buffalo Bills fan, RJ White, by the way. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely not counting my chickens before they're hatched when it comes to the Patriots right. being bad. So, um, tough, tough coming out of the, the week six bye. They have, Versus San Francisco, then at Buffalo, at Jets, versus Baltimore, at Houston. So if the Bills or Jets are going to take the division, they got to win that game at home when, when New England's dealing with these tough opponents. Um, and if New England doesn't stumble there and they beat the, they win those two road games, I think, you know, go ahead and pencil them in for the division at that point. Yeah. That's a tough stretch, man. I mean, so I think this is why people are down on, right? So in the, in the, before the bye, uh, their week six bye, they have to play at Kansas City and they have to play at Seattle. And we, we did the podcast talking about the Patriots last week or just sort of uh, debating, you know, talking about the schedule opening. And Sean, Breach, and, and Ryan were all pretty adamant that three and two is the best case scenario for the Patriots going into week, week six by. I firmly disagree. I think four and one is absolutely on the table. And I think it's, uh, I like, I don't, I wouldn't be, I mean, I wouldn't be that stunned if they went five and oh. I know it's like, they just can't beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. Well, yeah, they can. Okay. They, they, like, I know they don't have Tom Brady, but they can, they can do it. It can happen. We don't know what this team will look like. Yeah. Five, best case scenario for Patriots is always undefeated. You, right. you, can't, I mean, you like, can't tell me they can't win all their games. Right. And I, I understand that you look at this offense and you think like, well, what, what are they, what do they have? Well, uh, you know, 2010, they invested, uh, a second and a fourth and two tight ends. And they, they went for two tight ends with a third and a third this year. They took, uh, Devin Asiasi. Asiasi. 
Asiasi, boom. And oi, Dalton oi, oi. Who do you like better, Dalton Keene or Devin Asiasi? Asiasi, I think, is a little bit more complete. I think Keene, it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of transitioned him to an H-back role. Um, I don't, he's not as good a blocker, you know, as Devlin now that Devlin retired, but, uh, um, I think Asiasi is more the guy that you want out there, you know, as your, your tight end one. I meant dynasty for purpose. Dynasty. Asiasi. I take Dal- Dalton Keene above Asiasi. I don't care. I um, I, I just think like all I'm saying is that it multiple times over the course of Bill Belichick's career, he has aggressively reinvented the New England Patriots roster. And I think he, I mean, I don't think he aggressively reinvented it this year, but like he invested a bunch of early picks, um, on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, uh, Anthony Jennings. And he has a, a defense, in my opinion, that is still going to be a top 10 de- like top 10 defense worst case, right? I mean, why can't this be the best defense in football again? Doesn't it seem to you like they're really going with this run heavy approach? Yes. Win, yeah. win the scoring game? Cause they, they tagged Tooney. It was a surprise. Nobody thought they would do that. Cause why are you going to pay a guard that much? Well, you want to pay a guard that much when you're going to run the ball a lot and you need good blocking up front. Uh, cause you're worried about your, your young quarterback. You want to protect them. Why draft two tight ends? Well, maybe you want to do multiple tight end sets a lot more than you usually do. And it's important to you to have guys that can catch the ball, you know, in short routes, but also block. So. That's why you do that. I think both those guys, when they drafted them, we considered them kind of a stretch. So we thought there were better players out there, but maybe not in the sense that better players you want to have um, blocking and receiving. Maybe they wanted these more well-rounded guys. So that that kind of tips you off to their offense. Maybe they're just going to go with these low-scoring wins. And if that's Belichick's plan, I'm not going to doubt him. You know, he, he's reinvented himself plenty of times. You know, there's a reason he's going to go into the the Hall of Fame as the greatest coach to ever play this game. So Yeah, and I mean, look, like you're – I mean, I, I don't think that everybody's making a magical shift to running the ball more. Tyron Matthew tweeted about it during the, during the draft. I mean, but maybe Bill Belichick's like, okay, look, I'm losing Tom Brady. I don't know what I have in Jared Stidham. Let's like, let's do what we did in 2001. Let's see if Stidham can be baby Brady and be a game manager who, who is clutch late in games, can make all the throws as necessary. It's not like he's going to open up some high octane offense with Stidham and just be bombing it all over the place, but you can run plenty of play action. You can, you know, aggressively operate the run game. I, I don't, I think I would be buying low on Damian Harris in dynasty leagues and the fantasy leagues. Um, you know, Sony Michelle is still there. They have Rex Burkhead. They have James White. Like you can do a lot of things with this run game without, without like the loss of Tom Brady isn't ideal, but you can mitigate it. If Stidham is halfway decent in Keel Harry's got another year under his belt. Muhammad Sanu, you know, I mean, he came over midseason and, and looks like a bust relative to that pick. But, you know, they have a really good offensive line. And if the, I, you could just see a path to 10 wins here pretty easily, even if the schedule is kind of tough. I, I just, I'm stunned that people think the Patriots are tanking. Yeah. Uh, not, not only are they nine, I mean, you said how, 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 uh, when was the last time they were that low at nine? But the juice is to the under. You can get nine over minus one, 105. Like, when could you ever say that about Patriots? Now, there's also an easy situation where the Patriots are just bad. The Stidham is bad. And, and that schedule is just so tough that they go six and 10, seven and nine, maybe even worse. Start talking about tanking for Trevor kind of thing. But, you know, I, I'll believe it when I see it with this coach. And I don't think that he's going to deliberately lose any games and they could easily be competitive and win this division again. I, I was listening. I had a, I was in the car a lot, uh, to see in-laws. Legal social distancing. Don't worry. Um, and, uh, I, her, I listened to Mike Reese of ESPN on, uh, Mina Kimes ESPN daily podcast and Mike's covered the Patriots for years and years and years. I just thought he had like, it's like, look, the, 
they think that Jared Stidham gives them the upside of winning 10 games and being competitive for a championship while, you know, like worst case scenario gives you the downside of winning three games and you compete for the number one pick. So they, they, they don't know. Like they just, like even the people who know the Patriots, I don't think Bill Belichick knows. I just don't, he can't know. He didn't know with Tom Brady. He started Drew Bledsoe, you know, like he didn't know. Right. But, but he has a good inkling and like he's done a pretty good job developing quarterbacks. I just think it's insane that we're just assuming he's quitting. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, your Buffalo Bills also over under nine wins, the over minus 110, the under minus 110. So even money. Um, the Bills were one of the most popular overs last year. Uh, they went from like six up to seven and a half and they still crushed it. Uh, what do you think about the Bills technically being, dare I say, the favorite to win the yes. Isn't it crazy? They're both at nine, but the Bills are the the slightly juiced better over. Even though the division odds, you know, Patriots have a much better division. Oh, odds. by the way, I should ask for the Patriots. Do you like the even money Patriots to win the division? Um, I I think you know I can't take them at even odds. I'm not sure I love the value on Buffalo either. Um, so we'll talk about the 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 teams later. You know, I kind of might go a little dark horse here. Ooh, all right, all right. Well, let's uh, we'll talk about that. Right, well, okay. Uh, well, what about the, what do you think about the Bills? On the Bills, I'm leaning to the under. I mean, I want to be optimistic being a Bills fan. They have two tough four game stretches. Um, that's going to be, uh, at versus Kansas City in week six and then at Jets versus New England versus Seattle. Three home games against good teams. And then, and then at Cardinals before the bye. That's a tough five game stretch. And then down the stretch, maybe with the division on the line, they start playing in week 13 with at San Francisco versus Pittsburgh, at Denver, at New England. Close versus Miami, maybe facing Tua. Maybe Miami is a little little better at the end of the season than they are at the beginning. So that's just a lot of tough games. I mean, they're middle of the pack and, and um, difficulty of schedule, but that's just those two four-game stretches are, are tough for me. So maybe Josh Allen takes the next step. Maybe the Patriots finally stumble. But I think this number is kind of expecting both those things to happen already if you're going to bet the over to get to 10 wins. And eight or nine seems more likely to me. And uh, so eight more likely than 10. So I lean to the under here. Mm. I, I think the Bills have one of the best rosters in football and one of the best coaches in football. I definitely agree with the latter. I'm, I'm a little more hesitant on the former. I think they're solid top to bottom. I don't know that they have a lot of, I guess, I guess when I say best rosters, I mean, I should say best is a bad word for it. Most complete rosters. Yeah. They're pretty deep. Uh, the question is quarterback though. We just don't know. He, he took a step. Josh Allen took a step forward last year. He wasn't as bad as he was as a rookie. He wasn't great though. He was good enough to get them to 10 wins against a pretty easy schedule. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know that he's a, he's, He's going to have to take a pretty big step to get them to be a Super Bowl contender. And if you think they can win the division, then you probably think that they could make a little noise in the playoffs. It's not like this is an atrocious division. It's not, it's not the AFC South most years. You know, this is a team with, you know, a division with a couple teams getting better and then Bill Belichick in it as the, the presumptive favorite. They, if that, that, that is inherently what the bet is on. Will Josh Allen take a huge leap forward in his development as a professional quarterback? If if yes, then you should take this over. If you're not sure, then don't take the over on the bills. There's other stuff you can do to sort of even I don't think I'd take them plus one forty unless I was confident. Like I, I I'm not gonna pick the bill. The bills are like is there a chance the bills are the two thousand nineteen the two thousand twenty version of the Browns? Uh I don't think that they have as much hype. I don't think that there's as much, you know, backing for and, Josh Allen as there was for Baker Mayfield, but I think much, that, a much higher floor too. Yeah, I think that roster is 
the Bills roster is more deep and it's more complete, like you said. I think the Browns roster had better stars on it. I think when you kind of line the guys up, the the one to five range of the roster is probably better, the Cleveland side, and then six to 53 is probably better this year's Bills. I don't know that it's that comparable. So I don't think there could be a a huge drop off with the Bills. This isn't going to be a five or six win team with, with this coach and how solid this roster is, but it's going to take Allen taking that step forward to get him to be a double digit, you know, win team or better or competing for a Super Bowl, um, with the schedule being a little bit tougher this year than it was last year. And one of the things too, like, and we'll talk about these two teams in a second, but like the Jets are better and the Dolphins are better. And you play those two teams the first two weeks of the season and you sort of need to win both games. That seem fair to get to, to 10. Yeah, uh, or you need to, you know, really come together and upset a few of these teams. Right, right. Rip off, well, yeah, or rip off like, yeah. I, I just think go one and one and then, you know, win at Tennessee or beat or go one and one or two and oh against New England. Beat Seattle at home. I mean, they're, they're a solid team. So I'm not going to write them off in any of these games. It's just a lot of good, pretty good opponents on the schedule. Well, but I mean, again, like, you know, we talk about the, the Patriots and what their offensive game plan might be. Uh, are the Buffalo Bills going to be able to play a team like the Chiefs and score a bunch of points? Like, like, did they do enough and will Allen take a big enough leap that they can hang with those teams? Or is this a situation where they're just going to try to be great on defense and, and beat you 21 to 18? Cause that's a big difference. Yeah. I think in those games, you're going to have to hope that the defense comes together and they're holding <laughs> Mahomes to 21 to 24 points and then they could sneak out a win. Cause I don't think they're going to win shootouts. This isn't a team built to, to beat you 40 to 37 or anything like that. I mean, I think it's, it's also like this team could be five and zero going to Kansas or getting hosting Kansas City on a, a Thursday night. Like that's, I don't think that's a crazy thing. Yeah, it's possible. Um, if the Jets, Jets and Miami take a little, little time to develop and then they're home against the Rams, that's a winnable game cross country for the Rams at the Raiders. That's Buffalo. That's a tough road trip for Buffalo, but who knows how good the Raiders are going to be? Who knows what they're doing at quarterback by that point? And then at Tennessee is a tough one. We saw how good Tennessee was last year, but those two teams play, you know, you never kind of know what's going to happen in a Tennessee Buffalo game. Either one of those teams could win by 30. It feels like every time they meet. Yeah. I wouldn't take the under, but I would be a little nervous that the over is, is too expensive. Uh, the Jets over under six and a half wins. The over is minus 125. The under is minus 105. The Jets are seven to one to win the division and 50 to one to win the Super Bowl. Gee, the, to win the AFC. Excuse me. The Bills are 10 to one to win the AFC. Yikes. And the Jets are also, um, I think a hundred to one to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Bills are just too inflated on these future odds. You yeah. can't really play them. The hype is already kind of out of control. Um, that there's just not good value. Even if I think they're, even if I do think they're going to be good, I just don't think there's value there. Um, for the Jets, I'd slightly into the over, even at minus 125 on six and a half. I'm probably staying away though, due to the schedule difficulty, even with them upgrading the O line. They have the third toughest schedule in the league per those, those sharp, you know, Vegas win total numbers. Not many easy matchups there. Week four to six, they get a uh, home against Denver and Arizona, then at, at Chargers. And then weeks 10 to 13, they play Miami twice, sandwiched around the bye, then versus Raiders. They got to go five and one of those matchups if they're going to hit the over because a lot of tough games besides that. So this, this is a brutal opener for the Jets. I mean, at Bills, 49ers at home, at Colts, Broncos at home, Cardinals at home, at Chargers, Bills at home, at Chiefs, Patriots at home. Like you got to, I mean, I know that, you know, the, Look, the 49ers are coming a long way. The Broncos are coming a long way. The Cardinals are coming a long way. They're all one o'clock. Well, the Broncos is a, uh, uh, what is that? A NFL network only game? What is that? Thursday? What the hell? What game? What day is that? Why would that not be? Oh, it's a Thursday. Why isn't it on Fox? Weird. Um, 
They didn't want it. Yes, they just don't want that. Uh, anyway, like, you know, to, you know, there was, you got some one o'clock games mixed in there, but like, I mean, you, you got to hold serve at home or steal something on the road. Cause otherwise it could, and like with, you know, we saw it last year. I mean, I think Sam Donald could take a leap, but man, that is a, that is a tough opening nine games. Yeah, it's weird. Their schedule kind of alternates between tough and easy stretches because you get that week one to three thing that you mentioned at Buffalo versus San Fran at Indy. Then if, if Denver and Arizona don't take like a huge step forward, you at least get both those games at home. And then yeah. you're at the Chargers. That's a decently re- relatively easy three week stretch. Then you go versus Buffalo at Kansas City versus New England. Tough stretch. Easier stretch at Miami, home against Miami versus Las Vegas, back to a tough stretch at Seattle, at Rams versus Cleveland, at New England. So it's just going to be a weird up and down kind of thing where it doesn't really seem like they're going to ever be able to build momentum that much. Okay. Uh, I guess we know who your dark horse team is then uh, to uh, to win the division. Could it be the Miami Dolphins over under six wins, the over minus 120, the under plus 100. The Dolphins are seven to one along with the Jets to win the AFC East. That has dropped precipitously since the draft. They had a great draft. They are 50 to one to win the AFC and a hundred to one to win the Super Bowl. You think you know my dark horse, but we'll, we'll talk about that when it comes to it. I'm going to go the over here on the Dolphins. Uh, I think the schedule sets up well for sitting two over the first six weeks at New England versus Buffalo at Jacksonville versus Seattle at San Fran at Denver. You know, Jacksonville would be fine, but the rest of those, I don't know if you want to throw him into the mix there if he's not like, you know, ready to go right away. Uh, but they should get one, maybe two wins there. Then there's not really a tough opponent until weeks 14 and 15 when they get Kansas City and New England at home. So they made a lot of good additions during the offseason. So starting in this week six or seven, I think you put two in there there and they start turning the corner. Um, schedule's pretty easy, 12th easiest per, per the win totals. Um, that, that week's third, six to 13 stretch I mentioned, you get at Denver, home against Chargers and Rams, you know, both having to travel at Arizona, home against Jets by at Jets, home against Cincinnati. I mean, I could see five and two run there. Then all you got to do is get one or two other wins to hit this over. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think so much of it comes down to what is their plan at quarterback and like, I mean, do you, would you almost rather them have Ryan Fitzpatrick out there for most of the games? Definitely for the start of the season. You know, I don't want to rush two out there and I don't think you have to. Fitzpatrick had a rough start to the year last year, but that, that was just that whole team was a new coaching staff. I don't know. No, nothing was working right for that team. Once they put him back in there, they played really pretty well for the second half of the season. I'm not going to say they were a playoff caliber team, but they upset the Patriots at the end of the year uh, in a game the Patriots needed a win. And they actually played some pretty solid football a lot of those weeks. Um, so I think he can come in. He can, he can get you some bad losses, but he can also get you some, steal some wins if he needs to. And then, uh, that week six to 13 stretch is when you really start hitting your stride. You might get that, uh, over cash by the time you get to the end of the year stretch when you get home against the Chiefs, home against New England, at Vegas, at Buffalo, where you might even get a winner, maybe two there too. Mm. All right. I could, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the one problem with the Dolphins is like at, you know, at six wins, even it's sort of built in this like expected growth from last year. And like, we just, just don't know. I mean, there's, I don't know. There's just a whole lot of unknowns with this team, including particularly at the quarterback position, but they look, they got better on defense, obviously. And uh, maybe they go out there and, and, and run the ball some and, you know, it, it generate any kind of offense, get two out there, get some momentum going middle of the season. And yeah, this team could win some games, but I, I, I guess I would lean over here as well, but I, the schedule is, man, the ASE schedules are tough this year. 
Yeah, you got to play that AFC West, NFC West. I mean, that's that's about as tough as you're going to get. That's why you get teams like New England having a super tough schedule because of that uh that split, and then they have to play the first place game. So then you also throw in Ravens, and that's not that's not going to be an easy that opponent. Is, that, that is a that is a tough schedule. All right, so AFC East division odds: uh, Pats even money, Bills plus one forty, Jets seven to one, Dolphins seven to one. Uh, and then we have the Super Bowl value, uh, the AFC winners, 10 to 1 for the Bills and Pats, 50 to 1 for Jets and Dolphins, and Super Bowl, 20 to 1 for the Pats and Bills. Sheesh. And, uh, 100 to 1 for the Jets and Dolphins. Any thoughts on those? Yeah. So for the division, I Who's can't take- the 15 that you're going to take to win this division? <laughs> there's a, there's a bet that, uh, it's not quite just, you know, putting your mark around one team. I can't take New England at even odds. I don't love the value on Buffalo either. I like splitting a bet on the Jets at Miami at, at, at plus 700 each. It covers your Stidham is bad scenario. So if you don't believe in Stidham, but you don't have to go all in with Josh Allen either. So if you only want one, I think I leaned to the Dolphins based on what I was saying with their schedule and all the talent they added, but split the bet there. You get plus three and a half to, to each of them essentially because you're, you're, you're betting equal amounts on both. And I think you're covering the situations that everybody kind of expects New England to take a step back and you don't have to take the bills and, and play on that bills hype. Hmm, I like that. Uh, I like the jets at seven to one. I, I, I think the jets should be closer to three and a half or four to one than they are seven to one. Like, or maybe the dolphins should be 10 to one. I, I don't, I, I think the one thing that people are sort of overlooking in talking about this division is that what if, what if Sam Darnold takes a big leap forward? Sam Darnold was like the best prospect in that draft class coming out by, for a lot of people. And he had mono all last year, which derails his entire 2019 season. Yeah. I know that he's got Adam freaking Gase there. Um, you know, they lose Robbie Anderson, but you add Denzel Mims, you, you know, Le'Veon Bell was effective last year, even if he wasn't spectacular. Frank Gore is. I guess I worry a little bit about the offense and, and what it might actually look like, but they improved the offensive line with some blue collar additions, almost like Buffalo did two years ago. I just think seven to one in a, in a world of unknowns with some stability at the coach and quarterback position uh, tends to give you a little bit of value with the jets. It's possible. Uh, I- you know, I don't love the Jets too much because I just don't like the talent on that roster. I think I was saying I would like the Giants um, because I like the, you know, I think they're sneakily an underrated team, but that schedule's too tough. The Jets are kind of the opposite. <laughs> I do think Darnold can take a step forward. I just don't love the rest of that roster. I do like that they did make some offensive line additions. I just don't know that they're they're going to come in and, and dominate right away. Um, they're, it's not like they went out and got the best center in the league or top two or three center like the Bills did. Um, they didn't draft, you know, they drafted Mekhi Becton. The, uh, the Mims, switching out Mims for Anderson, it's like, not like their weapons were good aside from, from Anderson. And you make that switch out. I mean, most people passed on Mims. He, he was the top receiver that kind of fell further than a lot of people thought. So what if there's a reason that nobody really wanted him? Um, you know, they, they went for other options instead of him. And then you go to the defensive side. I'm not sure I love many of their defensive guys either. They have talent at inside linebacker. They still got Jamal Adams. Maybe, you know, if he doesn't get traded, it seems like speculation that he could be traded. Quinn and Williams probably gets a little better in his second year, but. It just doesn't seem like a very deep defense. It doesn't seem like a very deep offense. So it's really going to be on Donald to take a huge step forward and carry that team. It's kind of the opposite of the Bills as well. Bills, I worry about whether their quarterback's going to hold them back. Jets, it feels like their quarterback really has to take like an MVP type of step forward for them to be a good team. Well, I mean, you did say on this podcast that you like Sam Darnold as an MVP bet. So. I did like the value, and if 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 he if they do win the division, he's going to have earned that MVP because just those guys around him. I, don't, I just don't love the team around him. Well, I mean, if you win the division, it means you probably win nine or ten games minimum, right? I mean, right. And that means that you've na- that means you played well and navigated a really difficult schedule with minimal talent around you and some questions on defense. So yeah, I mean, I think 
that might be the play rather than just take Darnold for MVP. Just I mean, right. yeah. And then my my other futures bet is uh if we talk about the division splitting the Miami Jets now if you want to take the Stidham as good angle or Belichick and win with him take the Patriots at plus twenty to one to win the Super Bowl you know I like getting them at same value as Buffalo um because if that eventuality comes to pass you have to love those teams chances of competing in January more than you do the Bills or you know any of the other team because Belichick's at the helm he has all that experience so I don't give the Bills a great chance of out battling Casey and Baltimore in the AFC playoffs but if New England isn't held back by their quarterback Belichick can certainly beat those teams as, as even with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes because he's Bill Belichick and he's beaten it. any and all comers. He made a mockery of Peyton Manning in the playoffs year after year. So he could do it with Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure. I mean, he beat Rich Gannon and, and John Gruden and then beat Kurt Warner and and the greatest show on turf. And, and granted, you know, one of those games. And he beat the Steelers, too, in, the, in that stretch. Granted, one of the, you know, the tuck rule game or whatever. But, like, he, I mean, he did that in 2001 with a great defense, a run game, and, and a young quarterback who was a game manager with some clutch genes to him. So why can't he do it again? Yeah, he's beaten all these teams tw- for 20 years. He's beaten teams in the AFC. So yeah, that, not, I don't get it. Like, wh- why are, I mean, like, there's value on the Patriots. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I think rather than going with the over there where you're not going to get that much of a payout, if you want to play that Stidham is good angle or Belichick knows what he's doing angle, just take him to win the Super Bowl. Because if it gets to January and they're a 12 and 4 team or 13 and 3 and you're holding a 20 to 1 ticket, you're going to feel amazing about that team. You sure will. And it wouldn't, be, and we'll be like, well, what are we doing? Why do we tell Bill Belichick? And we, like we do every year. All right, RJ White. Uh, good talking to you, buddy. Great breakdown as always. No one does the gambling angles better than RJ. You can follow him on Twitter at RJ White One. You can read him on Sportsline at uh, go to sportsline.com slash join and use promo code White to get uh, your first month for a buck. Good talk to you, buddy. Thank you.